So it's Malachi chapter 2, verse 17. You have wearied the Lord with your words. How have we wearied him, you ask? By saying, all who do evil are good in the eyes of the Lord, and he is pleased with them. Or, where is the God of justice? See, I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly, the Lord you are seeking will come, into, will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come, says the Lord Almighty. But who can endure the day of coming? Who can stand when he appears? For he will be like a refiner's fire or a launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. He will purify the Levites and refine them like gold and silver. Then the Lord will have men who will bring, in, bring offerings in righteousness and offerings of Judah and Jerusalem will be acceptable to the Lord in days gone by as in former years. So I will come near to you for judgment. I will be quick to testify against sorcerers, adulterers and perjurers, against those who defraud labourers of their wages, who oppress the widows and the fatherless, and deprive aliens of justice. But do not fear me, says the Lord Almighty. The second reading comes from Romans chapter 13, verses 8 to the end of the chapter. It's on page 804. So Romans 13, starting at verse 8. Let no debt remain outstanding, except the continuing debt to love one another. For he who loves his fellow man has fulfilled the law. The commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not covet, and whatever other commandments there may be, are summed up in this one rule. Love your neighbour as yourself. Love does not harm its neighbour, therefore love is the fulfilment of the law. And do this, understanding the present time. The hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armour of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ I do not think about how to gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Uh, welcome to church this evening. Uh, please keep that passage open, uh, but how, I, how about I pray to start off. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you that we can come and meet as your people. We thank you that we can read your word, and we thank you that we can join together and worship you. Lord, I just pray now that uh, as we come to explain this word, I pray that you'd help me to be faithful to the text. I pray that your spirit will come upon us and take the word that is spoken and change the lives of your people for your glory. Amen. Amen. Well, if I haven't met you, uh, welcome to church. My name's Tim. Uh, I'm one of the student ministers here at Church Father Bridge. Actually, I'm the new student minister here. Uh, and I've only been here for about three, four weeks. Um, and uh, it's been quite interesting. Uh, over the last two weeks, I've been sort of dropping into conversations with people at Church by the Bridge that I'm uh, preaching uh, this week. 
And uh, as soon as I dropped that into the conversation, a look of fear came across people's face as I said it to them. My, my co-Bible study leader was the one who was the most shocked. Uh, she said, and, and as I said to quite a few people, and they all seemed to say the same thing to me. They all said with this look of fear and a trembling voice, they all said, oh no, student ministers, their first sermon tends to go forever. <laughs> and they always try to put too much into it and we can't follow it. Well, luckily for you, I'm not like many of the other student ministers. Um, I come from the country. Uh, I spent the last eight years in Armadale, not in a city. And uh, we're simple in the country. So uh, tonight, I only have one point, and it's, it's quite simple. Um, so if you can remember this point, you've got the sermon. And the point is, the love of Jesus changes us to treat others as if we were in their shoes. Now let me repeat that. The love of Jesus changes us to treat others as if we were in their shoes. Um, please take out your, your newsletter. You would have got one as you came in. Um, you will see at the very bottom, if you turn it round to the sermon notes, uh, you'll see at the very bottom the Church by the Bridge mission statement. And it says, we're people living for Jesus, loving like Jesus. Let me repeat that. Living for Jesus, loving like Jesus. Well, if you're new here tonight, g'day, welcome. Um, if you are like me and very new, you may be going, well, what, what does that actually mean? What does that look like? Uh, if you've been here for maybe one or two years, you might still be wondering, what does that mean? What, what does it actually look like to live for Jesus and, and love like Jesus? Well, well, Paul in this passage gives us a little hint. He gives us a little insight into what it looks like to live for Jesus and love like Jesus. He shows what it actually looks like at our work, when we drive, in our relationships and friendships, when we meet new people, or when we uh, come across the lonely or the sort of unlovable person. So what does it look like to live for Jesus and love like Jesus? Um, before we get there, though, I'd like to take us back through Romans. If you're new, uh, this will be just a quick one-second fly through Romans uh, so you can see where we've come from and so you can understand where we're going. Uh, we've seen from Romans that because of the love that Jesus has showed us, it changes the way we live. It changes our view of God. It changes the way we view ourselves. We don't think too highly of ourselves, but we think of ourselves soberly. It changes the way that we participate in church. We show sincere love to one another. It also, as we saw last week, changes the way we treat authorities or we act towards authorities. And this week, we will see that it changes the way that we treat one another. So Paul starts this section in Romans 13, verse 8. Upside down. He starts this section with a command. And the command is, love your neighbour as yourself. So if you're not there, uh, Romans 13, verse 8, it's on page 804. Please follow along with me. And we see in verse 8, he says, Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. 
And again in verse 9, he quotes Jesus from the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus sums up the whole law, the whole Old Testament law in one command. And he says that command is, love your neighbour as yourself. Well, if you're like me, uh, you might be wondering, well, what does Paul actually mean by neighbour? Or, or what does Paul actually mean by love? Or, or, or what does Paul mean by continuing? What, what, is he trying to, what is he trying to get at? Well, we'll take each one of those in turn, and uh, we'll start with, uh, what does Paul mean by who is my neighbour? Uh, if you see in verse 8, uh, we get a little hint at what Paul means. Um, we see that neighbour includes one another. So that's, that's us here at church, that's the, the Christians. Um, and also in the same verse, it includes others, that is, non-Christians. Also, we know that Paul is quoting Jesus. And we have to read Jesus' interpretation of what he understands a neighbour to be. And, and we know from the story of the Good Samaritan that Jesus' definition of neighbour is very broad. It includes not only our friends, but, but it also includes our enemies, the ones who treat us badly. So the Christian definition of neighbour is extremely broad. It's, it's, it's not narrow. It's broad. It, inclu- it includes Christians. It includes non-Christians. And it also includes our enemies. So, so our neighbours are not just the people we live next door to. They're the people we interact with every day. They include our, our boss, our, our employees if we're a boss. They include the taxi driver. They include the cleaner. They include the poor. They include the unlovable. So secondly, what, what does Jesus mean by, what does Paul mean, sorry, by love? What does it look like to love our neighbour? Well, we'll turn with me again to verse 9. Um, love looks like not cheating on your partner, not murdering and not stealing and, and so on. Paul lists off other commandments. It also, in verse 10, uh, love extends to not harming your neighbour, not doing them any harm. But the command is much wider than that. The command is much wider than that. We are to love our neighbour as we love ourselves. That is, we are to treat others as if we were in their shoes. Paul is saying we need to love our neighbour as ourselves. Now, now, hands up, uh, who's been a new person to church? Maybe you may be new today, you may be in another church where you've gone on holidays, but hands up, who's been new to a church? Good, excellent. must be most of you. Um, otherwise, that's a bit strange. Um, <laughs> but uh, have you ever, you're new to church and you just walk in the door and there's that awkward moment where you're like, well, where am I going to sit? Who's going to talk to me? Is anyone going to talk to me? Uh, am I just going to have a conversation with the notice board after church? There's, there's those sort of things going through your head. And I've been in that situation. And I've been in the situation where no one's sat with me, where no one's talked to me, and all I've wanted is someone to come up and just say g'day and welcome. And what Paul's actually saying in this passage, in that situation, is if that's what I've been wanting someone to do to me, then I'm to go do that to the new person who comes through church. If that is how I want to receive love, then I'm to put myself in their shoes 
and walk away from my friends and go welcome them because that is loving your neighbour as you would want to be loved. So finally, Paul, with the continuing debt, what does he mean by have a continuing debt to love one another? Well, it simply means just that, that the debt is continuing. If you look at all the other debts there, they can all be paid down. If you have a mortgage of $200,000, you know that when you pay the last dollar off that mortgage, the debt's gone. But when do you know that you fulfilled your debt to love someone? When do you know that you've finished loving someone? You can't say to someone, oh, I loved you on Thursday, so I'm not going to love you on Saturday. You have a continuing debt to show love to that person. And, and this command actually changes every human interaction that we have. It changes the way we treat people. We're to actually seek other people's good because we would want to seek our own good. We don't want to harm them. We would also want to humbly serve other people because we ourselves would like to be served. Therefore, loving your neighbour as yourself can be summarised quite simply as this. Always treating others as if you were in their shoes. Let me repeat that. Loving your neighbour can be summarised as this. Always treating others as if we were in their shoes. Now some of you may be thinking, well, why? Why do that? Why bother? Why bother treating my neighbour as myself? You may be sitting there going, well, I know my Bible quite well. I listened to Paul from Romans 1 all the way through to 11, and I know that I'm saved by grace. It's not by the things that I do. I know that what I do doesn't fulfill the law. I know that I'm saved by grace. Why then bother loving my neighbour as myself? It doesn't help me in any way. And uh, to be honest, this is a little confession of mine, I, I sort of at some point, I must admit, thought like that. Um, I thought like that until about three weeks ago when I started preparing this sermon. Um, it, it's really impacted and changed my, my thinking because I thought, yes, I know I'm saved by grace, therefore it doesn't matter how I live. It doesn't matter if I really do try and love someone or, or whatever. Um, I remember, well, I'm new to Sydney. So here's a little example of this playing out. I'm new to Sydney, and there have been a few moments where driving along, being from the country, um, driving along, I've accidentally been in the wrong lane. Okay, I'm sure this happened to a couple of people here. Uh, and I've been in the wrong lane, and I, I, I need to be in sort of that lane over there, especially when you're sort of getting onto the Harbour Bridge. Uh, and uh, what I've done is, in a very unloving act, I've sort of cut across a few lanes, and thinking, well, I can't, I can't take the five minutes to, to do the U-turn, come back, and, and go the proper way, because I'm more important than other people. I need to cut across, and thank you, Jesus, I'm saved by grace. Well, that's, that's actually not showing love. That's not showing love to the other people who are driving around me. I'm not actually putting myself in the other cars and going, well, actually, what would I think if someone cut in front of me? I'm just going... I need to get there, so I'm, I'm going to do it. But we are called to continually put ourselves in other people's shoes and to show love to them that way. And, and Paul says, yes, we know that we're saved by grace, 
but we're still to treat others as if we're in their shoes. And the reason is why? Why? Because Jesus is coming back soon. Jesus is coming back soon. Our Saviour is coming back. The day, it's a day closer than it was yesterday. Have you ever thought about that? The day for Jesus to come back is closer than it was yesterday. Look, look with me at verse 11, where Paul says, and, and do this, and, and do what? And, and love your neighbour as yourself. Why? Because we understand the present time. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. So Paul's not saying love your neighbor as yourself so you get brownie points with God. Paul's not saying love your neighbor as yourself or treat them as if you're in their shoes so you look good in front of people. Paul's not saying uh, love your neighbor as yourself to fulfill some moral law. Paul's saying we, we do this because Jesus, the one who has saved us, is coming back soon. There's a, there's a sense of urgency in his writing that we're to do it because he's coming back. It could be tomorrow. It could be before I finish. We'll see. So we're to wake up. We're to get out of bed and we're to clothe ourselves. We're to put on armor so we're ready, ready and willing to treat others as if we were in their shoes. And why do we do this? Well, we do this because our Saviour is coming back soon. Well, this actually results in a changed life. What does this actually look like? Well, it it results in in two things. It results in, in putting something off and putting something on. So... If we're treating others as if we were in their shoes, we are to put off a worldly, self-indulgent, self-glorifying, self-satisfying lifestyle and put on a new self. Put on a self shaped by love and changed by the love that's been shown to us in Jesus. Please, please look with me at verses 12 and 13. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armour of light. And verse 13, let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, it's in sort of drunken sexual partying, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, so not in shameful sexual acts, not in sleeping around with other people who aren't our spouse, not in looking at pornography or abusing people for our own personal pleasure, not in dissension and jealousy, so not in conflict with our neighbours and our friends, or not in envy over what other people have and wanting to supersede them, not wanting to go past them. So if some person's got an iPad 2, you go out and buy the iPad 3. There's envy. Sorry to those who bought the new iPad 3. Um, So Paul is calling his readers to put off a self-indulgent, self-satisfying, self-glorifying lifestyle. He's calling us to put off the things that the world actually holds so highly. And he's calling us to put on a new life. Put on a life shaped by love. Put on a life that actually treats others as if we were in their shoes. And why are we to do this? Because Jesus has loved us. And if I was to confess, in my most honest moments, I fail to live this way. 
and I will continue to fail to live this way. Uh, I know that there have been points where I've looked after number one. I've looked after myself before actually thinking of others. There have been points where the new person's walked into church and I've stayed with my friends because I'm comfortable there and I haven't actually gone and loved them as I'd want to be loved myself. There have been those points. And, and we all know, actually, that we ourselves are in that same point and we definitely know that everybody else is in the same point. Because, actually, if we all treated each other as if we were in their shoes, we would have no need for laws and half of this congregation would be unemployed. You got it. Very good. <laughs> uh, Paul calls us to put off selfless way of living and to put on Jesus. Look at me at verse 14. Rather, clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. So we're to put off selfless, selfish living and we're put on Jesus. This idea of clothing ourselves in Jesus is this idea of wrapping ourselves or being immersed or being consumed by the love of Jesus and having that impact and change our lives so much that we just naturally want to live for Jesus and we want to love like Jesus. It naturally changes the way that we treat each other. So at Church by the Bridge, we, we actually claim to be a people who are living for Jesus, loving like Jesus. Well, Paul, Paul's actually asking us, how are we going at that? Are, are we actually coasting along in a, in a slumber? Are we still asleep? Or are, are we awake? Are we ready? Are we dressed? Are we ready to treat others as if we were in their shoes? Here are a couple of questions to ask yourself. Basically, does the love of Jesus change the way I treat others? And think of it in these categories. Does the love of Jesus change the way I treat the people at work? So am I putting myself in the shoes of those people I work with? Or, or do I drive in a way that I think about, well, I'm actually in all the cars around me, I better drive in this certain way? Or, or would I treat my neighbours differently if I was standing on their balcony? Or do I treat my spouse or my friends like I would like to be treated because the love of Jesus has impacted and changed my life so much? Or when I see the new person at church, do I put myself in their shoes and go over and say hi and make them feel welcome because that's what I would want someone to do to me? Or when the, when the lonely or uncool person or, or the divorcee from our, our church calls and they're, they're so lonely and they want to hang out with someone, do we put ourselves in their shoes, give up a bit of our time and spend some time in fellowship with them? If, if you're new to Church by the Bridge, I, I want to say welcome. Uh, like I said at the beginning, I'm, I'm also new. And, and I'm, I'm actually amazed that this church shows so much love to new people, but also to the community in which they live. We are a people, I think, that are striving to live out this mission statement. Um, if you uh, want to, feel free to use the response cards that you uh, got, that Steph brought your attention to, to actually let us know how we're going. At, at loving you, 
to let us know how your experience was at church and if we actually loved you like we were in your shoes. Uh, But also, we want to be known as a church, as a group of people who love our neighbours as we love ourselves because Jesus' love has changed us. And we do this in the community. Uh, We do this by running events like I Heart Kirribilli. We show love to our community that way. Or we do it by running carols under the bridge where we join thousands of people from Kirribilli and the surrounds to sing carols and join together in friendship. We also treat the poor as if we were in their shoes. Uh, We feed them regularly and also we build relationships and have community with them. We, we want as individuals, we want our neighbours, we want our friends, we want our colleagues, we want our family, we even want our enemies to know that Jesus' love changes us so much that we are willing to put ourselves in their shoes, understand them and treat them accordingly. That's what Paul's calling us to do. He's calling us, we need to aim to be the best neighbours, the best boss, the best employee because, well, we as a church are continually putting ourselves in the shoes of our neighbours or we're continually putting ourselves in the shoes of the employee or we're continually putting ourselves in the shoes of our boss and living a life accordingly. We, we are not deluded to think that by doing this we will fulfil some moral law or make God happy. No. We do this because we know that Jesus is coming back soon. We know that our Saviour will return very shortly. And it's the love of Jesus that changes our motives. It's the love of Jesus that changes our actions. It is the love of Jesus that frees us from the chains of selfishness, from drunkenness, from shameful sexual acts, from jealousy and envy. It's the love of Jesus that changes us to treat others as if we were in their shoes. Please pray with me that this love would change us. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you humbled yourself and came down from heaven to live like us here on earth. We thank you that you loved us so much to do that. We thank you that you loved us that you were despised, rejected, spat upon and beaten and hung up on a cross for us, Lord. We thank you that this love has been shown to us, Lord, and we just pray, Lord, that we would put ourselves in the shoes of other people and love them like you have loved us. For your glory. Amen.